I'm going to go ahead and uh, read our sermon scripture for this morning now. And if you would like to read along, it's Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. I will be reading the NIV, but as always here at Renew, we invite you to um, read it, look it up on your phone if you'd like, and read it in whatever translation or language is the one that you uh, prefer to read in this morning. So if you want to take a moment to look that up, Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14, and uh, I'm going to pray before I read that scripture. Heavenly Father, Lord Spirit, be present. Be present as we read your word this morning, God. Be powerful with us this morning, God. Speak loud and clear to us, God. Spirit, be in every corner of this space, Lord. Be with every thought, Lord. We know that you can speak to us, Lord, through your word. And God, we pray that you will do that this morning. We pray that whatever life circumstance we're facing right now, Lord, that you would speak to where we are right now in our lives, Lord. We pray that you would help us to keep our eyes open and our minds open and our ears and our hearts open to you and your message this morning. Lord, speak. Speak to us this morning, Lord. We thank you and praise you. Amen. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves... And bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land, and you will know that I am the Lord, have sp- you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. This is the word of God.
God is good. All the time. God is good. All the time. It's awesome to uh, see everyone so close these days. I, I was wondering why people weren't uh, sitting close uh, when we had the white chairs and maybe uh, maybe we weren't feeling as intimate or maybe my breath stunk and so I need some mints or something like that. But I think it's the chairs, right? The, cush- the comfortable, cushiony chairs have brought people forward um, because they're more comfortable than the pews. Um, but that's good. That bringing me to life. Uh, today, our theme is New Life and Resurrection. We are in Lent, and Lent, as a reminder, is the 46 days from Ash Wednesday to Easter, where the church uh, journeys in the wilderness, just as Jesus uh, fasted for 40 days in the wilderness and was tempted by Satan after that, just as the people of Israel wandered in the wilderness in the Exodus for 40 years. We stand in solidarity and prepare our hearts through fasting, through giving, um, through prayer um, to um, strip ourselves of the things that would get in the way of focusing in on what God would have for us in the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Um, I've entitled the sermon today, You Will Live Again. You Will Live Again. And uh, it's interesting uh, in Seattle... Winters, winters are kind of tough, right? Winters are tough because it rains a lot and it's cold. Uh, but this past Wednesday, I was at Isaiah soccer game and the sun was shining, right? I, I think it, was, it had to be upper 60s, almost 70 degrees. And I was actually kind of sweating. And all the parents were like, what is this? <laughs> what is this sunshine in the sky? What is this warmth? Finally, a sun break. Finally, some hope. Finally, life. Finally, there were smiles on people's faces. And the Seattle freeze, the, you know, the infamous Seattle freeze kind of went away. And people were like, hey, how you doing? Greeting one another and smiling at each other and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, friendly again. And it, it's something about the, the gloom and the gray of Seattle um, that kind of um, maybe feels like death sometimes. I know uh, going back in my journals, um, the times that I have doubted the most in my life and even questioned my call, pastors do doubt and pastors do question. That's part of um, the journey of faith, right? The journey of faith is that we question and we doubt and we wrestle with God and we're authentic and we're real. Um, But just going back, there's a pattern that a lot of times when I'm questioning my call or like, man, do I really want to keep being a pastor? Do I want to go on and maybe I can be a hedge fund manager or something like that and like make lots of money or something like that? Um, It's in the winter. It's like January, December, February, post-holidays but also right in the middle of the 90 days of rain. And, uh, you know, my doctor's like, you need to have some more vitamin D's, D. And, you know, I, you know, I take some medication uh, for depression and anxiety, so I increase my dosage a lot of times. And um, it's real. That's, that's all to say that it's real, right? It's real that our bodies, our minds, and our souls follow certain rhythms, and they follow the rhythms, uh, nature follows rhythms, right? 
the seasons, fall, winter, spring, and summer. And so this Wednesday, when there was sunshine, there was this palpable joy among the parents at the soccer game, like, oh, the seasons are turning, the season is turning, sunshine. And then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, they were like, oh, there might be snow flurries and more rain. And we're like, what? Make up your mind, Northwest. It's like sunny and sweaty one day, and then it's snowing the next. What's going on? And uh, our community garden out there, we're assigning gardens, and I finished assigning uh, garden plots to people, and we have a Facebook community group, and people are getting excited, especially new people. Like, what are you guys going to grow? I can't wait to, like, put this up, put this up. Are there tools? Do you, guys, can, do you guys put fences around? Are there rabbits? Are there deer that are going to eat your stuff? And people are excited on all over the boards, and there's that kind of anticipation of new life. You know, as spring starts to come, there's the anticipation that, oh, growing is going to start again. Because up until this point, if you went out into the garden, it's still probably like that. There's just dead, like, dried up tomato vines, you know, because people didn't completely clear out their gardens. And it's just brown and dingy and, like, everything is damp and there's wet leaves on top of the soil. And, you know, it's just pretty drab. And even our landscape... Uh, the trees are still bare. There's no flowers and stuff like that. But later in the spring, if you were to take a picture, completely different, right? You'll see green. You'll see fruit growing. I usually grow, uh, uh, what do I grow? Pumpkins. And I do vertical trellising. And it's like, whoo, right? And our trees out there, the cherry blossoms uh, go. If you're on a street with a lot of cherry trees, you see the cherry blossoms if you go to uh, the University of Washington, it's so beautiful, right? It's one of the most beautiful things that you can see. Life, new life, new life, new life. And sometimes in my cynical, my most cynical times, I'm like, okay, rinse and repeat. It's Lent. Isn't it like forced sadness? And then at Easter, we're like, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Like forced rah, 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 right? Is, it, is this this emotional like push and pull? But one, I think there really is something to the rhythms of nature, right? The rhythms of the season. This is God's creation. And God uh, put order into the world. And God put order into creation. And we see this in Genesis. He added order um, as he's creating and, and boundaries and lines and day and night, right? Sun and darkness and there was day the first day, right? There's a rhythm, and then there's seasons, right? To give us, give us a rhythm, and, a, um, and we follow those seasons. And I think it's interesting, you know, as I walk in my own yard that is usually drab during the winter and no grass having, um, that there's like those, the perennials are starting to come up, right? The lilies, the little, the flowers, the green leaves are starting to come up, and you can see like, the, the bare maple trees, right, the little trees uh, that just had bare branches, they're starting to have buds, right? And like that anticipation of, oh my gosh, something is about to boom, burst alive. And I think there are things um, rhythmically in our souls as communities that 
wait for, right, the coming of baseball. <laughs> no, just uh, <laughs> um, new life and spring, and more than just the rhythm, more than just timing, more than just emotional manipulation. What we are waiting for and anticipating is the resu- you know, a demonstration of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, amen? And this is a real power in the world to take that which is dead and make it alive again. Jesus Christ, God, has the power to make dead things alive again, and this is what Jesus demonstrated in his life to the cross and to the resurrection, and that's what we'll be saying on Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen again because what? He defeated death. He demonstrated that death will not have its day. Death will not win in the end, but life does, amen? Life does, and we follow Jesus as Jesus' disciples. We, what we believe as we're Christians and people of the way, we believe in the resurrection, Right? That's the bottom line, fundamental Christian tenet. Right? That God, that through Jesus, defeated death, defeated um, sin's power on the earth and power in our lives that are leading us, that are bending us towards death and saying, no, we, the world is bending towards new life. Come with me. I, ha- I will show you the way to new life. Are you with me, church? And that's why we're called Renew, right? Because God is renewing all things, and in the end, all things will be renewed. And it is both here already, right? As Karen taught us the other week, and not yet. And our journey, the journey of faith is living in that tension. Man, you know, those cycles of, oh, why does life feel like death? Why do I feel so weary? And maybe there are people in this room, maybe you're feeling lost right now. Maybe you are experiencing death in your life the literal death of life of loved ones or sickness or the death of relationships. I know the last few years, um, you know, I think maybe 20 people unfriended me (laughs) over Facebook. You know, in our times of COVID and political discourse and disunity, right, there's certain relationships that, we just cut off because let's, can't do it, right? There, many of us have dealt with the breaking of family relationships, right? I know my, not my nuclear immediate family, but my, you know, my brothers and sisters, cousins, uncles, even my parents, to a certain extent, we don't gather all together all the time, right? We're kind of estranged, not in a, deep way, but, you know, we don't always talk to each other. We kind of avoid each other. There's relationships that are broken, people that we've lost. 
and the ways of doing things, what we've been used to that we've had to let go of, right? The death of structures, the death of what we deemed as normal or, you know, that's what I'm comfortable with. That's what I've always done. That's how I've always done things. We've experienced the death of that. So um, death is all around us. Death happens every day. And if you're experiencing, I mean, that's a question in our time together today that I have for you is, where, where are the places where you have experienced death or you are experiencing death? And I wonder what God has for you in those places. So in our, in our passage, um, one of the things that, well, first, contextually, um, Ezekiel is a Hebrew prophet in the 5th, 6th century B.C., and he's prophesying at a time when the people of God are in captivity. It's called the Babylonian captivity. Um, and during his time of writing or prophesying, he prophesied about the destruction of Jerusalem, right? The, plate, the great place of worship uh, for the people of God. Uh, he prophesied about the restoration of the people to the, back to the land of Israel. And then he also had prophecies and visions around the rise of the third temple, like the rebuilding of the temple, the new temple. And, and so this is Ezekiel. And as we read our passage, it's a, probably a famous passage. A lot of worship songs have been written on it, you know, dry bones, stuff like that. Um, but what I noticed as an English lit major is that the verbs belong, very strong verbs belong, and active verbs belong to God. The verbs are God's, right? I will lay sinews on you. I will cause flesh to come upon you. I will cover you with skin. I will put breath in you. You shall know that I am the Lord, right? God is the actor. God is the mover. God is the redeemer. God is the renewer renewer, and when we recognize that God is the mover and the actor, right, and the one with power, we will know that, I, that he is the Lord, amen, that there won't be a doubt that God is God and that God is at work because of what he will be doing in you. Furthermore, I am going to open up your graves Bring you up from out of your graves. I will put my spirit within you. I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, has spoken and will act. Again, I am doing these things. I will bring you to life. I will bring you up from the graves. So that you will know that I have spoken. And I'm not just a person that just speaks. I'm not just all talk and words. I have spoken and will act. Amen? God speaks and acts, and there's firmness behind, you know, right? It's like when you're, you're kind of chest bumping with someone. Not that I've done this or gotten in any fights or anything, right? But, you're, you know, and you, like, shove each other in the chest to see, like, what's behind them, right? And you shove them, and you feel, nah, there's nothing behind them. I can take this guy, right? <laughs> I can take this guy. 
So God, when he, you shove God, he doesn't move. He's the guy that like, oh my gosh, he didn't even budge. Like, there's words and action. There's backup to that. Maybe most of you didn't get that analogy, but it works for me. Um, <laughs> or football, football if you're blocking someone, right? Um, the other thing uh, to take away from this or uh, to point out is the Hebrew word ruach. You guys know what ruach is? Spirit, yes. <laughs> Spirit, breath, right? Ruach um, is the same word in Genesis. Genesis 1, the Spirit of the Lord was dwelling or hovering over the depths, right? That's ruach. Um, the Spirit of the Lord's and. It means breath, but it also means spirit. So spirit, God's breath, um, that kind of idea. But it's repeated, spirit or breath or breathe is repeated nine times um, in these 14 verses. Brought me out by the spirit of the Lord. I will make breath enter in you. Verse 5 Verse 6, I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Verse 8, but there was no breath in them. Verse 9, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath from the four winds and breathe. Verse 10, and breathe, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet. And finally, in verse 14, I will put my spirit. Those are all ruark. And that idea of the spirit as God's breath and the, uh, and the breath of God being like the wind, you know, like breathing, wind blowing, you know, that's taken up in the Gospels in the New Testament. Um, in the New Testament, spirit is what? Pneuma, right? Which is a wind. Um, Jesus in John chapter 3 and talking with Nicodemus talks about how the spirit is like the wind, Right? It moves the, the, the leaves. You can't see it, but you can see what it does, right? The wind of the spirit. It's, it's that idea of God's breath, Ruark. So that's a definite theme throughout. And, of course, we see that the connections uh, with Jesus sending his disciples and John, right? He breathed on them, right? He breathed the spirit on them. Um, this is the same as in creation when God breathed life right into the soil, into Adam, the ground, and animated um, humanity. Um, so this, the spirit of God is, you know, we gather from scripture, is the wind moving and animating and bringing life and bringing change and transformation, like the real power in the world around us, power of transformation, power of restoration, power of renewal. And this is very present in this passage. And finally, um, there are three stages that I see of renewal that happens in this passage, right? Well, first, first, uh, First, they're in a conversation, right? He's uh, the prophet's in a conversation with God, 
and he leads them back to a valley, and it's full of bones. If you can just imagine, like, an epic Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings scene of this great battlefield and just bones everywhere and, like, the smoke, the fog of war, right, and just desolation and de the death of bodies. And <clears throat> so he takes them to this field full of bones, and he led me led them back and forth among them. Just death and decay, lifelessness, right? There's so many bones on the floor of the valley, and they're very dry, right? Dead, not, not alive. And the Lord asked him, Son of man, can these bones live? And he's like, only you know, sovereign Lord. Only you know. You tell me, right? I can't, I don't know. I can't do it. It's over. As far as I know, this thing is over. Then he said to me, prophesy to the bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you. You will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Awesome, great promise. So let's do it. Let's, yeah, we want that. I want that package. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones coming together, bone to bone. I keep thinking of, uh, what's that song? The hip bones connected to the thigh bone. <laughs> like, these bones, like, coming together. Okay. I looked, and the tendons of flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. But there's a but, right? But there was no breath in them. So the three stages of renewal, something happens, right? So something's definitely happening. The bones are coming together. Flesh is appearing. Things are coming, coagulating, if you will. But there's still no breath. So what you have is simply cadavers, right? Sorry for being morbid, right? Maybe they still stink too. Like these cadavers have come together right before you. Um, okay, so verse 9. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into the slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And breath entered them. They came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. The breath of life, this Ruart, comes into the dead bodies. And it becomes a, a large army come to life, standing up. Just imagine, once again, a Peter Jackson, you know, Lord of the Rings movie. Right? This army just covering, you know, they had to use CGI, right, to get, like, massive amounts of soldiers, like hundreds and thousands. And, but it's not quite complete, right? Because he says, uh, then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. So here's this vast, powerful army, but there's, this dry, there's still this dried upness. There's still a lack of hope. There's still this sense of being cut off. 
our hope is perished. We are finished. They're just, so the image I have is, if you're a fan of zombie television, post-apocalyptic with The Walking Dead or any of the Korean zombie shows out there, awesomeness. Like, I'm most afraid of fast zombies. Like, Walking Dead, the zombies are like, just outrun them, right? But there's shows where the zombies are like sprinters, and you're like, what? I, I don't have time to run away from them? Oh, my gosh. Um, but there's this, it's a basically an army of zombies, right? Walking listlessly. If you've seen those shows, it's like when they're not chasing people or chasing after meat, cadavers, they're just going and bumping into walls. So I just imagine, you know, this vast army of listless zombies going. They've got bones. They look like people. Smells like people. But they aren't people, right? It's not complete. The restoration and the renewal isn't complete. Why? There's no hope, right? There's no purpose. There's no homeland. There's no direction. That's why he says our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. So God says, therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people. I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back into the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up for them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I'll settle in your, your own land. Then you will know that the Lord I have, uh, the Lord have spoken and I have done it, declares, to the, declares the Lord. Some of us, sometimes in our lives, are just walking through the motions. Amen? We have sinews and tendons and bones and we walk around but there's no passion there's no conviction there's no deep sense of belief there's no purpose in our life there's no calling right I experienced that I have experienced that as a Christian many many times where there were times like in college I never went to church right there are times growing up when I went to church I had to go to church Three times, five times a day, a week. But nothing was there. I never prayed. I didn't really have a live relationship with God, right? I just did it because my parents told me to, and I, I'm a pastor's kid, and we have to look good in front of the church. I'm good at that, right? Putting on the show of faith. And there's other times, like young, my young adult days, my single days, like I wanted to party, or I wanted to, like, you know, hang out. I wanted to travel, but I had no relationship with Jesus, you know? And, oh no, there, uh, there comes Pastor Dave. He's going to ask me to serve. And my, like, Pastor Paul or Pastor, I don't know, Fred, whoever you want to put in there. Like, oh no, I better avoid him. I don't want to serve. I don't want to serve, you know? Because, or maybe because, man, I don't, I got a lot of bad stuff going on in my life, right? I don't want to be exposed. I, I'm not clean enough to be at church or to be serving at church. Whatever, for whatever reason, we aren't experiencing the full power and presence of God in our lives. Are you with me, church? 
Maybe you're singing the songs, right? The lyrics, you're reading the Bible and the verses, you even memorize some verses. You're going through the motions of church or going the motions of being a Christian or maybe you're just culturally Christian or maybe you just say you're Christian or maybe you're a hiding Christian. <laughs> like there's too much going on in the world. It's unpopular to be a Christian, whatever. That part of you is not alive. Just going through the motions. And that's God saying, and we've seen it in Jesus, right? When Jesus healed people, it's not just about making the blind person see or the lame person walk. It was always a, holi a holistic, full restoration. Physically, spiritually, your sins are forgiven, right? And also socially, right? If this person was unclean or a leper or something, they were ostracized from society. That's why he told the man that who was lame, he healed him, go to the temple and have them declare you clean and ready to come back in a society. That's why those that weren't touched, Jesus touched them. Do you, do you realize he touched them when maybe they haven't felt human contact in a long, long time? He touched them, right? There's this full restoration. So what I see here in these, this, these stages of renewal, these three stages is one, healing and renewal doesn't happen all at once or immediately sometimes. Amen? Maybe you've been praying for something for a long, long time, and it happened slowly, right? Or it didn't happen completely. For some reason, time is stretched out, and there's a reason in that time, right? These three stages can be like, we can see it like the three days that Jesus was in the tomb. It wasn't like Jesus died and he rose up right that same day, that same hour, right? Why? Because stuff has to happen in between, right? In the space between, while he's in the tomb, the disciples scattered, the women wept, right? Like things were happening, people were processing things, processing death or things had to die in people's hearts before they experienced the resurrection. So sometimes death takes time and new life takes time. And we get impatient. We're like, God, why? Come on, do it, do it. And then sometimes we make it look like the last time, right? Oh, when I tapped this thing three times and I prayed, for two minutes in my closet. Last time, I got what I prayed for, right? So I'm going to do the same thing. It's like superstition, right? I'm going to wear my same underwear and, like, tap the thing twice. <laughs> Sorry about that image. And like, and, like, pray in my closet for two minutes, right? Because that's how I did it last time. And we're like, new life? Wait a second. It didn't happen again. That's like this phase two, right? The, there's bones. There's an army. But, like, they're just listless wandering around. And that's how our church, churches can be, or ministries can be, or our lives can be post-COVID, right? Post-COVID, we're like, we got to go back to what we did. Our bread and butter, we always did it that way. Come on. Oh, finally, people are in person. 
Finally, let's 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 do the thing we always did. <laughs> it's not working. People aren't coming back. People, different people are coming back. <laughs> or like, it looks different. It feels different, right? Hearts are different. What people need are different. Is different. Our structures need to be different. We need to be spirit led. Amen. It's not about just the bones and the sinews. It's not about the wineskins. It's about the wine, right? It's about the spirit and being spirit-led. Are you with me, church? And finally, yeah, having purpose, right? Why are we alive? Where is God calling us? Where is the land that God is leading us to, to restore us, right? That's the fullness of who we are. Um, so my takeaways, resurrection is not newly minted life. It is restored and renewed life. A life that follows suffering and death. And just as proof of that, Jesus in his resurrected life still had scars from his crucifixion, right? It wasn't like brand new Jesus, right? Fresh body. It was scarred up body. Um, Not new bodies, but old, dead bones. Um, So we don't get completely new bones, right? God took the dead bones and raised them up, right, in in our image. Um, So God is in the business of salvaging and recreating, right? He's not saying, oh, clean sweep, get rid of you. You know, bye. Right? There's nothing redeemable about you. You are not a mistake or an accident. God created you for beauty and for good. And it's in there. It's been in there. Right? And God just wants to salvage that. Right? And make it new again. And bring that out. Um, and then finally... God wants to restore our kingdom identity and purpose as a people corporately, right? It's an army that's being ri- that rose up, and it's army he blew, blew spir- uh, the spirit into, right, corporately. That God has something to say to the church at large, to us. Like, I want to bring new purpose and new life into places where we we felt we're dead or, you know, is a lot of people feel the church is dead um, in the States or in the Western world. I want to do something new. Amen. Do you want to be a part of that? Do you want to say yes to God's spirit bringing new life into you? Do you? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the promise of new life and for this vision of Ezekiel, of you bringing a whole people um, and restoring them back to uh, who they are in you, their identity, and bringing them home and bringing them renewed purpose and renewed spirit. And that we ask for that renewal in each of our lives individually, 
um, in us corporately as a family, and also for the people in the world who are, who are suffering, who have experienced great loss, um, for the souls and bodies that have been exploited um, and used up. I pray um, that you will make them rise again and bring them to the land. Make us new again. Breathe in us new life. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Amen.